I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword LoveSport. We are top of the league. So we are top of the league. We are. I've always wanted to start a show like that. And finally, finally, I'm able to do it on this, of course, the Leeds United fan show here on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, as always, with John McKenzie from All Stats, aren't we? Hello, John. Hello. Is this the first time we've been top of the table since we've I'm going to say yes. Wow. It might not be, but I'm going to say yes because it's the first time Sounds I've done good, that chant. It? Yeah, it yeah. does. Thanks for ruining my intro there, John. Cheers. <laughs> and with us this week, we have Nat Dufton. Hello, uh, Nat. Hello. How are you doing? Very well. Brilliant. I'm brilliant because Leeds are top of the league. I'm beaten in 10, of course, conceding just three times in that time and four clean sheets in a row, gents. It cannot get any better right now. It cannot. We've had a, a really nice run of, of games. We started talking about it, I guess, a month ago. It, it would have been the the this run starting, and it, we were just saying it's quite nice to ease through games, um, get the get the wins when we needed them, especially because we've got this really important uh, run of results. I think a uh, run of fixtures over the Christmas period. It's it's been nice to get uh, a few points under our belts. We're now I think what are we eleven nine points clear of third place, eleven points of clear third. I can't remember, but we have. Um, you can check that out. Oh yeah, keep, keep talking. <laughs> I, I think it's eleven. Yeah, I think it's eleven too. But um, obviously, well, Forest have a game Forest in, have a game, man. Yeah, Birmingham. That's right. Yeah, get, so, it's Reading, and they're not very good. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, it's a great position to be in, and I'm feeling quite quite confident really going into into Christmas because we can afford to drop points, um, and and that's always a nice position to be in. Indeed, it is. Now I know that we start every show with an opening stat, but I'm just going to get you to hold that thought. John, because you're in the studio today with Nat and you told me a lovely story before we came on air as to how Nat came to be in the studio today. Yeah, that's 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 right. I did. Um, So we started a a lead, a London Leeds group on Twitter for people who are Leeds fans in London who want to get together and meet um, for the games. And I met Nat Nat through that. So, yeah, we uh, went to the famous Three Kings of, of West Kensington mm-hmm. um, and and watch the Huddersfield game together. This is the beauty of social media. Now it's, it's fantastic. I'm I, a guy who I actually also met in that pub when I moved to London. Uh, came with us as well. There's about twenty odd in the group now, and we've we've had a little look at. So London Whites used to be the, the London Whites, and they haven't posted since 2014. So we're going to try and take over that Twitter page and see if we can sort of get that revamped and get that started again. Ah, oh, lovely. So you've done, you've slid into the old DMs and been I, like, I've right. slid, slid into like dead DMs, but you know, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> We've all slid into dead DMs, mate. It's not a nice place to be. <laughs> uh, John, right, opening stat, please. Yeah, again, courtesy of Josh Hobbs. Um, 
we're talking about big chances, really. So we, we've talked about big chances before, and big chances uh, at most most um, data gatherers call a big chance anything that's above 0.3 xg. So 30% chance of scoring is pretty high. So any chance that's above um, above that, we're we're calling a big chance. So before the whole game, Leeds were averaging 2.6 big chances per 90. So every every game, we you're looking at two and a half decent chances that you would hope to score. Um, the whole game was actually the first game all season that we haven't created at least one big chance. Um, and in that, in doing so, we dropped from 2.6 big chances per 90 to 2.4. Um, West Bromwich Albion, obviously, who are our closest challengers, are currently on 2.3 big chances per game. So the gap is closing a little. So there you go. Leeds ha- haven't had the most productive few games. So it's had a had a hit on our big chance um, production. It's had a hit on big chance production, but it hasn't had a hit on results, has it not? No, I think it's um, I think it's quite the same. If anything, creating less chances, we seem to be more clinical. Uh, when we have too many, we just can't take them. I mean, I love Paddy. I think he's a great player, but if you give him five chances, I feel like he just he can waste a lot of them. So I think give him one and he takes it, or he hits the post and dives out the way and lets Alioski hit it instead. So yeah, I think there's there are certain um, caveats. I think uh, to this, for example, Hull. Um, obviously, we were very worried about both Kamal Grzycki and also um, Jared Bowen. Obviously, so we sat with our fullbacks a little bit deeper um, against them, and as a result of that fact, um, we sat our wide players a little bit deeper as well. And I think that, for example, that means that we were, I think, a little bit more stilted going forward. We didn't have quite the same coverage that we usually have. Um, another thing to mention, I think, is also things like um, um, game state. So when we say game state, what we mean is if leads are a goal up, for example, that changes the way that the the game is going to go from there on in. So, if, for example, in the Borough game, we didn't actually create a huge amount of chances, but we scored the goal after three minutes. And because we'd scored that goal, it meant that we could be a little bit more controlling. We didn't have to attack quite so much. So there's there's certain there are certain explanations I think for why our production values might be slightly down in in the last few games. Um, but both Huddersfield and um, Hull, I think did cause us problem Huddersfield in particular with their, their first half um, they came out they went long ball and they played quite an aggressive counter uh, counter press and Leeds really didn't deal well with it I mean part of that is to do with the fact that we had a, a back line of full backs um, and then Ben White was playing as a central midfielder and that just didn't work um, so I think they didn't, so we talked about that on last week's show didn't we, yeah, how, we how did. did that go then I, I don't think it worked particularly well because I think he, he just sort of drifted deep deeper and deeper and deeper and it meant that we then had two midfielders against their midfield three and we really didn't we really didn't and they had they fielded tall players as well so it it, it felt as though we sort of ceded a lot of control in the middle um but obviously their aggressive pressing in the second half became a lot less aggressive and Leeds calmed down a little bit and um as a result of that we sort of went back to what we what we were expecting we had like 50 50 split on possession for example in the first half which is very rare for for Leeds to do in a half but they they did manage to pull it back uh, in Leeds's favor to about 60 40 I think in the second half so um yeah it's it's one of those things where uh, the last couple of games have been um they have been quite um, difficult for Leeds they've been games where we haven't uh, scored until relatively late on but we're still easing through and, and getting the results so amongst my group of mates Nat we have a world player of the year every season right? mm-hmm. there's always someone that we pick out and that's just like he's the world player of the year and if I give you uh, an example of what kind of player we pick out in the past it's been Harry Arter yeah and Emerson Boyce has been in there as well I have a feeling this year or even next year if Leeds do go up it is going to be a certain Mr. Alioski, because I'm sorry, I know I speak about him a lot on this show, but I love him. <laughs> he, he does bring an extra dynamic. Uh, I was at the Reading game where he came on and it was his explosive pace that drove us up for Jack Harrison to score that fantastic winner. It, I mean, he was brilliant, fantastic against Hull when he came on. I thought he just gave that little bit of extra extra pizzazz. He's got that kind of, he's got the terrible hair. What I say terrible? <laughs> he's got uh, that bit of uh, Middle Eastern flair, I guess. So it's like... Um, what he really offers is this pace and this unpredictability about his play. You don't really know, is he a fullback? Is he a winger? What's what's he really coming at you with? And I think that really confuses very tired defences that we've been running at 
all game, pressing, pressing, and then Alioski just comes on and goes, yeah, I'll have you now. Mm. And it just works brilliantly. Also, we brought him on as a as a wide player as in the last game too, and he got the got the goal too. It's, it's, it is like you say, it's great because you we 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 have such a nice mixture of of fullbacks at the moment. We could we could play Barry Douglas one week, we could play Stuart Dallas there, but and both both of those guys are, are sort of fairly conservative, a bit more defensively sound um, fullbacks. But when you bring on Alioski, then you you really get both of your wide players on the left hand side being quite attacking, and it's it's quite fun to watch as a, as a fan. And football in all its wonderfulness, all its fantasticness, I'm going to say, at Ellen Road during the week. Speaking of Alioski, completed a move, by the way, started by Kiko. And again, we spoke about him last week, but a great performance, a couple of very decent saves against Huddersfield. And that save from Tom Eves at one end, cleared by Leeds, and a wonderful counter-attack. That is exactly the type of goal you love seeing as a fan inside the crown. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, I think... You, you mentioned Kiko. Um, you, we were talking before we went on air about how important Kiko has been to us, and it's we we were just trying to work out the best sort of time that we, if 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 this um, legal case comes through and we get he ends up getting a six max match ban, we were asking like, where is it that we're gonna where whereabouts are we gonna try and take that six match ban? Um, so we we sort of went with the we've got the West Brom game um, just uh, New Year I think, um, and then we've got the Arsenal game. So we were saying if we miss if he misses the Arsenal game because it's not super important that he plays that, um, we've got we've just had a really important run, um, and then we'll we'll take five. Um, five game ban after that from the Arsenal game onwards so yeah we're I think a lot of Leeds fans are really quite nervous about about losing Kiko uh but to get back to your uh question about the the wonderful counter-attacking goal yes we've sure. it's been lovely to it's been lovely to sorry that was a very roundabout way of answering wasn't it but, <laughs> no um, hey it's it, good <laughs> it was it's been lovely to watch a couple of goals like that um we haven't seen that a lot from from Leeds mainly because I think uh teams do sit a little bit deeper against them but also because as we talked about it before Marcelo Bielsa likes possession he likes to keep possession he's quite risk averse in terms of that so he would rather keep the ball I think than than try and go quickly and, and counter-attack and then risk losing the ball and then risk being counted uh, upon um, but we've seen a couple of times in the Reading game obviously that you've already mentioned um, and the ball just moving down the field I think it was 17 seconds from the the Tom Eve save that you've mentioned to the the Alioski goal and, and obviously there was the big chance that, that Bamford well it wasn't technically a big chance but um, that chance that he took uh, onto the post um, that would have made it even quicker so yeah I, I love I love that sort of stuff it's sort of Alex Ferguson during the the, the 2000s kind of thing isn't it where you just know when when Ronaldo and Rooney get on the ball and they get moving there's a big chance that you could see a goal being scored and it feels a little bit like that at Leeds at the moment yeah it does I like it not technically a big chance as far as statistics are concerned <laughs> it doesn't go on records now we always have a Marcelo Bielsa quote as well that we like to refer to because he likes to say some funny stuff and sometimes it gets lost in translation of course but I liked his quote after that whole game whole city we're not the best team to come here this season at the beginning of the game but in the end this has been a very important win for us <laughs> brilliant <laughs> It's a lovely roundabout way of saying, yeah, we're really good. <laughs> did, did, did you not see us out there? It's fantastic. Um, yeah, I think yeah, when you listen to his quotes, I know um, Graham Smith from the Yorkshire Union Post put one out today, followed by a little bit of uh, a blurb about um, following the election. And he kind of had to paraphrase and say, just so you know, uh, Beals has not been endorsing the Labour Party. <laughs> I, I really must stress this. Um, yeah, but when we play as well as that and he comes out with something as lovely and philosophical as that, you, you think, yeah, of course. Yeah, but- absolutely. We'll get into some quotes on Cardiff City as well. I know Neil Harris is bitten back just slightly. <laughs> Very quickly, a score update from the Championship Charlton without a win in nine, of course, drawing nil-nil at the Valley with Hull City. We've just spotted a very dubious tattoo from Yordi Device. Of course, scored a known goal for Leeds. Um, for Hull against Leeds of course for Leeds to open the scoring in midweek and hey listen each to their own but it's all up his neck I don't like it I've had enough tattoos like that this is the Leeds United fan show here on Love Sport Love Sport Radio the station giving fans a voice it's the Leeds United fan show here on Love Sport me Matt Beadle joined by John McKenzie from All Stats aren't we and for the first time on the show delighted to have Nat Dufton joining us as well and now we are joined by a third party and this one's going to go deep. I can feel it. This is going to be Stat <laughs> City because Chris Taylor from LUFC Data is on the line. Hello, Chris. Hi, guys. 
How you doing? Thanks for having me on the show. Mate, delighted to have you on. I'm, I'm presuming you're as much of a stats buff as my man John here. To be honest, I can't get enough of stats, particularly at the Bielsa. We're loving life and, uh, I mean, what an incredible season we're having so far and, um, yeah, just, just loving life. Hi, Chris. It's John. Um, just a question about the LUFC Data Twitter account. Like, how did you start um, that, that feed and, and how do you feel things have gone? Hi, John. Um, to be honest, I mean, it started back in 2012. It was all a bit of a hobby. Um, and I've actually got Neil Warnock to thank, of all people, because um, I remember wow. we're stuck in a, in a really rough, of all people I know, um, <laughs> but we're stuck in a really rough patch of form. Um, he was our manager at the time. And I just wanted to try and work out where it all went wrong. So um, I, this was before the days of Opta starting covering uh, championship data. Um, so I was sort of manually working out our win percentages, what players were doing in certain positions. Um, and it was fairly obvi- obvious that it was it was not going according to plan. It was, it was terrible. So um, I've got him to thank. But um, yes, yeah, started building up a database back then and, and built a database of every player, every match, and, and started looking into metrics. We got data in, uh, I think, 2013-14, Opta started covering the championship then. And from there, really, it just built up from a hobby into into something quite surreal now. So, um, yeah, yeah, quite a few years now, but, mm. but certainly enjoying it. So what's your general um, approach to a game? Like, is there is there certain people that you'll have an eye on that, that you're wondering whether or not they're going to produce certain stats or whether or not they're going to have a good game? Uh, do you go in with, with an expectation of what, what you're going to put out on the Twitter account? I do, yeah. I mean, you're looking for Pablo Hernandez to complete more successful final third passes. You're looking for, uh, you know, Ben White to make more interceptions than any other player. You're looking for certain specific metrics. You know that Leeds are going to dominate possession stats. You know that our passing is going to be pretty good and we're going to be pretty successful in the final third. But um, you've got to remain open and and you just don't know what to expect in every game. Uh, And I'm sure the Leeds sort of back himself go into each game expecting... Uh, the unexpected, really. So, as much as you can comp- uh, sort of prepare for every game, you, you really don't know what's going to happen. Hi there, Chris. It's uh, Nat here. How are you doing? Oh, yeah, Nat. Very well, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here. It's my first time on radio, so uh, <laughs> having a lovely time. Um, I just had a quick question about uh, the stat anomaly that is Kiko Kasia and the wonderful way that he completes more passes than any outfield player when we play teams. And I just think it's amazing. I mean, how many games this season has he done that in? Oh, um, I think it's about 11 or 12 off the top of my head. But I mean, it, it is a pretty remarkable stat. I mean, Leeds do use him quite a lot. You look at our fullbacks, you look at Stuart Dallas and Hayling and Ben White in particular, they, they do use him quite a lot. So he is heavily used. Um, but it is quite a remarkable stat. I mean, he does see a lot of the ball. He's very comfortable with the ball at his feet. Um, his distribution is a lot shorter than it used to be. He doesn't look, look to go long uh, like he did in his first sort of three or four months. Um, but yeah, it, it's an unusual stat. It's one that does ridiculously well on, on social media for, for all sorts of reasons. But um, I mean, Kiko's form in general this season has been, has been unbelievable. Um, you know, he's really raised his game. He's, he's got he's got a strong head on now, and he's he's, he's eliminated those uh, sort of those those errors from his game. Um, and you know, twelve clean sheets this season is is quite a remarkable stat. And he's had a hand in pretty much all of those. So fair play to him, and and hopefully he can he can go on and continue doing that. Have you found it much more enjoyable doing what you do since Marcelo Bielsa has been in charge? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, um, I mean, I remember the days of Brian McDermott and, and lovely, lovely bloke. And I've got a lot of time for, for Brian. Um, and I think a lot of people do. But we, it just didn't click. It didn't work out. There were lots of there were lots of reasons for why that didn't happen, predominantly off the pitch. But on the pitch, it just didn't, didn't seem to be working. And some of the stats, I mean, I remember we went eight months without uh, a single win uh, at Ellen Road. And mm. it was, I mean, that's just, that's a ridiculous situation to be in and to run a, a stats account that's trying to generate positivity was, was a tough ask at the time but you know 2013 14 and even 15 seems a long way away now and you know that the past 18 months on the Bielsa has been a revelation I mean it, it's it's some of the best football we've ever seen some of these metrics are, are outstanding you know we are with the with the XG champions 
Um, you know, we're conceding. You'll never sing that, right? Oh, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Champions of XG. You'll I've, never sing that. I've got to pick you up on that. We're the XG champions, <laughs> or XG champions and waiting. It, it's definitely going to happen. <laughs> there will be an I'm award soon. There will be an award at the end of the season. You can guarantee it. <laughs> I think that's absolutely coming back to bite us, that XG champions. <laughs> I saw, uh, it is, it is. <laughs> saw that, um, something the other day that was, if uh, if goals were, if, if XG counted as goals, uh, we'd be about 20 points clear by now. <laughs> you know, we're basically up at that point. <laughs> and uh, you just you just think, oh my God, Patrick, please just, just put it in, mate. <laughs> yeah. um, it's pretty uh, remarkable, isn't it? Oh, sorry, guys. I've just got a quick, quick stat on um, the average XG conceded from open play. It's it's pretty remarkable this season. At the moment, I think it stands at 0.34, which is actually the best in England's top four tiers um, per game, which which is an outstanding stat. And and you know, thought of that three years ago even would have been mind blowing. So that so we're in a, we're in a very uh, sort of unique landscape at the moment, and and hopefully long may it continue. So that's 0.3 XG per ninety. No- yeah, our average XG conceded from open play per game right. uh, is about 0.34, yeah, that's um, decent. which is the best in, in you know, top four tiers of English football. Um, and we're conceding sort of fewer goals per game as well in, in the same parameters as well. So it's, we're in, we're in a unique territory and it's, uh, it's uncharted waters, but I'm absolutely loving it. It's, <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, I was wondering, are there any sort of standout stats for Leeds as a team this season? Uh, you know that we've beaten. Uh, there's one that pops to mind about the the Notts County stat from back in I think it was the 20s about uh, mm. least number of goals conceded. Are there any more like that that are just you know mind-boggling for the championship? Um, off the top of my head, I mean the defensive stats stand out uh, massively. But I mean to be honest, it's it, it's mostly I've been comparing our stats this season to the 20 the first 21 games last season. Uh, you know, we have we conceded 18 goals at this stage last season, conceded 10 this season. We've upped our possession by 2%. It was 63 last season. That's up to 65 this season. We've increased our shots. We've decreased our shots faced. Uh, they were we, we faced 207 shots last season. This season, it's 184. Um, it, it's, it's incredible. Our XG this season, I think, I've, I've got it at 39.4. Um, but last season it was it was 31.3. Our XG against uh, is uh, it was 15 15.3 this season. Last season it was 19.5. But you go through most of the metrics: chances created, big chances created, fewer big chances faced. Uh, nine clean sheets last season, 12 clean sheets this season. Uh, ball recoveries is quite an important one. Uh, we made uh, 1,159 last season. That's up to 1,197. Um, I'm properly geeking out now, but I Mate. can go on. It's, it's incredible. Matt's synapses are shutting down. <laughs> John McKenzie's having a bit of a hot flush here, mate. I'm not going to lie to you. There, there is, of course, the latest one I saw on your Twitter feed as well, the 46 points so far this season. That's the highest ever second-tier points tally after 21 matches. That's right. I mean... I mean, what more can you say about that? I mean, we are seven wins in a row. We're on the verge of eight. I don't want to jinx it. But, I mean, again, we're in uncharted territory. This is the second time Bielsa has done it. Second, uh, yeah, Seven consecutive wins in a row. Um, but, yeah, 46 points at this stage of a season is it's remarkable. I, I honestly didn't expect to, to be in this position. I know we were given the, the title of, of favourites last uh, at the start of the season. And it was always going to be tough to live up to that. But... We've gone up a notch. We, we've approached it slightly differently. We're much more... Um, we're pressing higher. Our intensity is much more... Um, we're fitter. We're more well-versed in Bielsa Ball. Um, and I honestly think, at this moment in time, um, you know, we're looking at, we're looking at promotion material. Um, and I know it's a very long way to go. We're only 21 games in, but you know, everyone's saying the same thing. We're, we're in a very, very good place, and we've just got to kick on and keep it going. Just a, one more question about the 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 Twitter feed, um, the Twitter side of things. Do you think you're sure. having a, a sort of a, a, a real impact in the way that the fans view the game? Because I think that's something that both Josh and I are all sat on. We're always thinking. Um, we're always keen to keen to see examples of where 
for example, we always cite uh, Adam Forshaw because he always used to get a really bad time and then we, we spent a lot of time talking about what it was that he did, looking at some of his stats, and now it sure. seems as though he's generally accepted as being uh, a decent player. So is there any is there anything like that that you feel as though you can point to and say, yeah, you know, I've, I've changed the way that Leeds fans experience the game? I mean, you know, I'd, I'd, love, to, I'd love to think so. I mean, I, there's nothing I love more than when someone sort of approaches <clears> me and asks for a specific metric. But there are a lot more fans that, there are some fans who ask me what XG is. What, what does XG stand for? What does it mean? What's a big chance creator, for example? And I think just bringing these into the public domain, I mean, I didn't know much about most of these metrics about five, six, seven years ago. And I've kind of learned along the way. And I think, I think football fans, Twitter's a great place. It, it, it's, you know, it's got its rights and it's got, it's got, it's got its wrongs. But um, what it is good at is informing people and, and um, and a lot of people didn't know about a lot of metrics in football. It, it's it's the go-to place now. You you can't get away from it. Everyone is is talking about XG. Everyone's talking about touches, chances created, and it's a great thing, um, positive and negative. But but I see it as a, as a massive positive. And and uh, I think football fans are um, are slightly more educated in in terms of the stats and the numbers behind the game and the metrics that football clubs are actually using themselves. Mm. So. So hopefully, if I've done anything, it's trying to enlighten and bring those bring those metrics into into more of a public domain. Indeed, you have, Chris. Mate, it's been great having you on. Just before you go, I'd love to know how time consuming this is for you. Like, and that's a realistic question. I'm not I'm not trying to take the Mickey. I'd love to know how no. long, like how how much of a how much time does it take out of your week to to get these metrics, to get all this data, all these stats. Um, I'll be lying if it said it didn't take a lot of my time out. And I've got a very patient fiance who, uh, who, who puts up with, uh, you know, it could be two in the morning and I'm deep into a, a Google spreadsheet and she's just saying, go to bed for, for goodness sake. But, you know, it, it's one of those things, you're, you're halfway through something, you've got your teeth into something and I really want to work out just how well our defensive metrics are against the rest of Europe's top five leagues. But, um, no, it, it does take up a lot of time, but it's, it's worthwhile. I mean, I, I love doing it. If I had uh, 300 followers, I'd still do it. So the, the, the fact that I've got quite a few more is, is lovely. But um, but no, it does take up a lot of time, but I, I see it as all worth it. And, and if anything, educate myself. Um, so it's, uh, it's always a bonus. Chris, mate, been great having you on. Hopefully we'll get you back on again soon. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Take care. That was Chris Taylor from LUFC Data. You all right, John? I'm all right. Yeah, you okay? Holding it together, yeah. yeah. Just holding it together. <laughs> Do you know my favourite line on that particular interview? When he said, I love nothing more when someone approaches me and asks me for a particular metric. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be honest? I have done that in the past. Have you really? I've been the guy who's tweeted him going, have you got a stat for this? <laughs> <laughs> it is the new wave of football, gents. We were talking about it before the show, John. This is the way football's going. It is, yeah. And it's, it's great seeing these sorts of things happen, especially at uh, Leeds. And we haven't really, we've, we've had that sort of niche of, of sort of tactics and stats stuff and it's great to see it being filmed. Yep, it is. Just a quick update from the Championship Charlton have taken the lead against Hull. The evergreen Darren Prattley, although I say that, he's still only 34, by the way. He seems like he's been around forever. He has headed in from a corner. A dubious goal, you'd have to say. Did deflect off Reese Burke, so kind of think it might have been an own goal. Potentially uh, a foul. A lot of the Hull players arguing with the referee, but it has been given. Charlton won Hull nil. This is the Leeds United fan show here on Lost Ball. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. It's the Leeds United fan show here on Love Sport. Me and Matt Beadle with John McKenzie from All Stats, aren't we? Joining us this week, we have Nat Dufton. I should say, sorry, the home of the XG champions, Leeds United <laughs> fan show. <laughs> that was brilliant. That line is going to definitely stick with me. That's going to come up again, by the way. I also have to apologise. I went with the most basic stat as well you're all pulling out all these different metrics at your backsides and I go you got the most amount of points this season <laughs> so easy to judge you looked at the most recent tweet and asked the question didn't you yeah, that's exactly what I did yeah, yeah. Which is, so we put out a tweet saying champions of XG you'll never sing that and Liam Cooper liked it really so there you go there you go he cares about XG too mate the day that is sung around Ellen Road you have made it <laughs> My friend, yeah. I think when, that's what I think that's what the tweet was. Let's get this singing. Next, let's get this around another <laughs> road next time. Yeah. It's when the players are the whole idea of pump it up and that going around and that being in my head all the time now, <laughs> and the, all the players getting behind it. I'm thinking, oh boys, please do it because that could so come back to buy us. <laughs> the play, if you if it does happen and 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 Leeds do go up at the end of the season, that is being sung on. You can just see the players singing that to the fans. Don't you know? Pump it up. The whites are going up. They're definitely doing that on the pitch. Let's hope it happens. Right. Listener questions, John. First one. <laughs> Sorry, you're not reading them out. It's me. It's my job. You answer them. <laughs> we could try it the other way yeah, around. See yeah. what happens. Let's see where we go. Uh, the first one up is from Dan Holdsworth. Chances. Recently, Leeds have created fewer big chances, but they are taking more. We've seen good counter-attacks lead to goals recently, but I feel like that is papering over the creativity drop. Do you agree? Is the drop in creativity to do with a recent change back to the 4-1-4-1 formation? I think this is a really interesting question um, for a number of reasons. Firstly, he said fewer big chances rather than less big chances, um, which is is very rare actually on our. our t- <laughs> one of the things that one of the things that actually does grind my gear is people saying less chances rather than fewer chances. So well done, Dan, on that. Bravo. Um, other than that, yeah, lots of interesting things to get into. I do think that the four one four one formation is is an interesting one to bring up because we've played it in our last two games and we've uh, struggled to, to create as much in 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 that formation. Now, obviously. Uh, during our build-up play, we try and go to a three-three-one-three anyway. In 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 possession, we call that a situational three-three-one-three. Um, but as I mentioned already on the show, actually against Hull, we did stick to the four-one-four-one formation even um, in possession a little bit because we were spending a lot of time making sure that Bowen and Grzycki didn't get the ball. Uh, and I think that probably had an impact on our creativity. Um, when it comes to the when it comes to the previous game, which we also played four four one four one in, uh, that was the Huddersfield game. Again, I felt as though there was mitigating factors in that game, and that was uh, we've already mentioned that we played fullbacks in our back line. That was literally all of our set, uh, all of our back line was was a fullback, and Ben White was playing in midfield, um, and. Huddersfield did what is best to do against Leeds I think if you can play that that way and that's to play in a quite Germanic style um, hit it up to the big guy and then vigorously counter press to try and win the second ball if you don't get anywhere with the with the with the long ball and that worked really well against us because we're not used to teams just allowing us the pressure absorbing it taking it deep and then and then and then kicking it long so I actually think that um, the 4-1 formation is probably not to blame but I think there are explanations why we played the 4-1-4-1 and why uh, we haven't been quite as creative in that formation so yeah interesting question agree with that Nat? I do. I think it's um, it's come from Bielsa adapting the tactics throughout the season. Um, earlier games where teams were nicking things against us, Forest, Derby, the horrendous Swansea game. Uh, I think he he's looking at that and seeing we're creating all this pressure and we're maybe not making it count. And at that point, you almost just want to sit back and take what you've got. And then you're seeing teams when you overcommit come at you and you, we saw it against teams last season I remember Forest away last season where we had a man sent off despite the fact they probably should have first went something about that but um, it's over mate it's over it's yeah. gone <laughs> last season it's gone. to let that one go um, but Jack Robinson still plays for them I'm still annoyed um, and you know we, we went 3-1 up and we still went for it and they turned it around and beat us 4-2 no was it yeah 2-1 up and then we lost 4-2 and you know I think Beals has learnt from that and he thinks being ever so slightly more conservative in our play is better we've got the quality that sees teams out so why not go for it we're also seeing us counter-attack a little bit more as well and I think that comes from maybe being a little bit more pragmatic and sitting a little bit deeper and then and then making the most of the space that that creates which we haven't really seen be able to do so far again so I think that's probably a little bit of a, um, a development on his side too 
Lovely stuff. Okay, next one is from us, oh, from our friend, Mr. Glows White or Mrs. Glows White or Gloss White. We don't know. Have we established this yet? <laughs> we haven't established it. We, we don't it, know whether I... it's to do with glowing. We don't know whether it's to do with gloss or Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. Yeah, yeah, would it not be G O O U C? Like I don't know. They, they do. Uh, the customer, is that what they do? As, as a Worcester man, uh, uh, I, they do call themselves Gloss. Okay. Not with a double S, no. With a single S. The customer is never wrong. Mate. No, no, I like it. I, I just want it. Hey, listen, glows white, gloss white. If you're listening out there, chuck us a WhatsApp: oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight, or tweet us at Love Sport Radio. We would love to know just to finally get confirmation on this. And your that's question. the real question. Yeah. The real question. That's, that's the real quiz. <laughs> Eddie replaced within. If Inketia goes, what are our best options for replacing his backup striker role from within the squad? In brackets, suggested Roberts play anywhere, Dallas, or a winger up front. I would go with Roberts, I think. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Um, I hadn't really thought of, of anyone else. Could you think of anyone that you might play in, up front instead of... I mean, Edmondson, <laughs> if he ever plays for us. Uh, I mean, some, some of my experience from Leeds uh, is football manager. I'm a big fan. Uh, and I can say in, in the current edition, which is based on this season, Roberts does turn into a very capable centre-forward. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not saying, you know, that's right, but it did spot Messi originally, so... <laughs> there we go stats don't lie <laughs> stats do not lie comprehensive Joe Hill own goals own goals are our joint third top scorer this season with four is this just an anomaly that will settle as the season goes on or due to the amount of pressure we put teams under could we see own goals bagging us nine or ten goals this year yeah I think so um, I think the way that we play um, is is quite productive of own goals we, I mean we've, we had an own goal in the last game right um was it the last game? We've been, it, uh, it we was, have, yes, your yeah, device. Yeah, your yes. device, yeah. We, we play so many games at the moment, like, <laughs> they're all merging into one. Um, I think that there's the certain things that we do that, that make us more likely. We we do like to hit the bylines. So we have Jack Harrison, a lot goes through him. Uh, obviously, Pablo Hernandez as well on the other side, or even Helder Costa. Both of those guys are going to try and get back, hit the bylines, and then cut it back inside. And when you're doing that, a lot, often centre-backs have got their backs well, they're facing back towards their own goal and they often just have to try and get anything on it to stop it from going into a more dangerous area um, and that's been the way that we've we've had a few this season and I think yeah we, we are going to cause more and more problems like that we're going to we're going to probably leak uh, own goals well opposition is going to leak own goals against us it's uh, that wonderful football term the corridor of uncertainty <laughs> I absolutely love it get to the byline pull it back and something will happen <laughs> panic ensues I think um, yeah I completely agree with what you're saying it's you've got to get your leg in the way otherwise Bamford's there behind you just tap it in and you know you just think I've got to throw myself at it uh, there were men who made careers out of doing it and you know Jamie Carragher mm. so <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely I'm going to have to text or tweet sorry I haven't got time. tweet Chris asking about some XOG I wonder whether yeah. that exists <laughs> <laughs> that's a new one yeah. uh, this one is from Chris not the Chris that we were just referring to of course possession or it might be with mountains of possession we struggle to score the opposition can set themselves up to defend and remain disciplined we seem to score on the break when the opposition are out of their defensive position should we let them come on to us more and use the turnover for the quick break I think my answer to this one is it's not quite as simple as that. It's not like you just sit deeper and then you're guaranteed that the opposition are going to come out against you. Um, so, yeah, for example, the way that Leeds play and struggle to have to break down banks of four, four or five, um, it's precisely because teams come out and they say, right, we're not, we're just going to allow Leeds to have possession. And all that means is that you're not going to press up, up up high. You'll probably not start pressing until they get to your your the, the halfway line. There's nothing you can really do about that if the, if the opposition team set themselves up that way, because you are just you are just going to have to play into that into that um, into that low block basically and and try and break it down. Um, the other option, as we've already talked about, is is to do that and then sort of try and for them to try and decompress by hit, hit, kicking it long and then them storming the ball very quickly, uh, seeing if they can they can make uh, any space from a from a disrupted opposition but th- there's not really much Leeds can do other than like I guess try and do the same thing back but it, it, you would just simply end up with uh, the opposition probably kicking it long back to you so that you would have the possession again and once you've got the possession and the other team sit deep there's not really much you can do about it so I do I, I do kind of agree with that but a lot of the way that Leeds have to play this season has been based on that fact and I think a lot of people are frustrated because they want to say Oh, why don't we just? Why aren't we just more attacking? Why do we not? Why can't we just score more goals? We have so much possession, but the reason we have possession is because the opposition are letting us have that possession because they know they've got a better chance of beating us if they play on the counter attack than than us um, 
breaking them down and scoring. I think it almost comes down to, and this is something we can't help right now, uh, is the quality of the opposition. If you're playing against a Man City every week or a Liverpool who want to attack you, and that gives you the event. I mean, we're talking about, um, I was talking about Bournemouth. You know, Bournemouth are a very nice attacking team. I love what Eddie Howe's done there. And I think if a team like that is coming at you, it's a lot easier to play like this. Whereas when you've got Millwall who just want to sit behind the ball and it's great. Thanks, lads. I'm going to really enjoy watching this game. Um, it's a lot harder to break down and you could almost like carrot and stick, try and dangle accidentally leave the ball a little bit oh no you could take that and then charge in and take it back I don't know if that would work I don't I don't think so necessarily but I agree with you. sitting back isn't necessarily the thing to do because you could invite way too much pressure on than you're really there for but we did it slightly against Hull to man mark out Bowen and Grzycki from the game and it worked so you know it's yeah. always the option I think that 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 it was not us necessarily giving up possession though it was more being a little bit a little bit more stayed in terms of our defensive position and that meant that when we were moving down the field um, our attacking a lot of our attacking play is, is, is very heavily scripted on the training field um, and so it just meant that we were we weren't quite getting the, the the sort of coverage that our midfield gets, and so it broke down a little bit quicker. So for me, people were asking me why we didn't really create. Why have we not created chances in the last few games? It's because we're breaking down in the midfield area a little bit more, just because the players are a little bit more defensive, and so you're not getting the fullbacks quite so high up from the turnover. So you're not you don't have that out ball necessarily on your right or left. You have to wait for them to catch up play. So it's it's one of those things where, you know, if you make a tactical decision somewhere, it's going to impact you somewhere else. Uh, and this this always happens and, and and usually when you see something happening, it's the result of that. Yeah, absolutely. He's just yeah, fellas, he's just in here. Yeah, his name's Nat. I'm just letting the Millwall fans know that you're in here, mate. They're on next. Just an FYI. Just I really that. like Millwall. They're great. <laughs> uh, and a question you well, yeah, you alluded to this answer. To be fair, in your previous answer to the previous question, this is from Maz Love. Great name. This is on Stuart Dallas, of course. Not really much of a question, but it would be interesting if you guys could break down Dallas's man marking of Bowen in the whole match. Uh, the Cooksan Carfu. What a man. Let's, let's start with that. And uh, what did uh, Lamrani call him? Like, the generous? It's just, it's just everywhere. Um, no, I thought he marked him brilliantly out of the game. You you almost didn't see Dallas for the fact that you didn't see Bowen. You just you just sort of like went, oh, Dallas is. Oh, oh, and you haven't seen Bowen all game. Fantastic. You know, just take out the danger, man. And I think the way he's adapted into that role and the role that Bielsa gave him for the night was literally just to sit on top of him he's yours all night don't let him get past you and I think I can remember once maybe where Bowen popped up with a bit of space in the box so it shows what a fantastic job he did of just cutting him out of the game mm. yeah Bielsa plays a, a man marking system generally so most of the in defensive positions he'll almost all of the, the players will be man marking against uh, against opposition players and so and he said you know he doesn't like leaving the the zonal marking to chance um, like that so that's going to be something that we see generally but when it's players like Bowen and uh, and Krasicki as well because obviously um, who played right back Ailing? Uh yeah yeah um, he was he was uh, keeping a close eye on him as well so really interesting to watch Leeds defensively because there's not many teams where you get a, a one-to-one correlation between all the players on the pitch in defensive positions love a man Mark First time I ever saw it, the 1997 League Cup final between Middlesbrough and Leicester City. Pontus Cormark having to man-mark Janino out of the game. Ooh. Well, Janino is a name I remember, but Pontus Cormark yeah, is definitely mad, not. Huh? Is that free kick Janino? It's yeah, yeah. the Middlesbrough Janino. Oh. No, 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 different Janino. Different Janino. Yeah, you're, this is the Middlesbrough Janino. No, no, he no. no he was free kick, wasn't Not that Janino, no. Not the, no, it's not, it's a different... I'm, I'm thinking of the one that played for Leon, who scored yes, some absolute worldies. Leon Janino. Yeah, yeah, no, mm. different Janino. Yeah, that is a different Janino. Yeah, but different. the other Janino, the one that we're thinking of, was was worth mm. a good free kick, wasn't it? Well, occasionally, but it wasn't. It's trademark. He's Brazilian, well, isn't he? They've, he they've, is, all, is, they've all got it in a locker. Yeah, a bit of a flair. Um, always good to have a 90s reference on the Welcome Leeds fan show. Welcome back to the Janino fan show <laughs> here on Last <Love> Sport. <laughs> uh, this is the Leeds United fan show, of course, not the Janino fan show. And we're going to be focusing on that game with Cardiff tomorrow next. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. It's the Leeds United fan show here on Love Sport. We are nearing our end, about 10 minutes to go. Now, tomorrow, Leeds United host Cardiff City in the championship. What I build, by the way, before you came on air, I don't know whether you heard me, I didn't want to say it too loudly, the Neil Warnock derby. I don't know whether how happy you'll be about that. It's not a thing. Yeah, it's not a thing, is How it? long was he with us? Not that long. I know, but hey. 
you know, we've got to Long do enough. <laughs> <laughs> On the line now, we have Andy Campbell, ex-Cardiff City player, played for the Bluebirds between 2002 and 2006. How are you doing, Andy? I'm very well, thank you. Mate, great to have you on the line. Just firstly, Neil Harris, just the one defeat in five since he took the reins at Cardiff. I mean, not doing too bad a job, is he, the ex-Millwall man? Oh, he's had a great start. He's, um, you know, I know he probably wasn't the, the, the fans' first choice, but you can't fault the way that he's turned things around. And, you know what I mean? Obviously, he took over a very talented squad and... I think it just needed a little bit of tweaking, and I think it showed with the uh, with the results that they've gotten. You know what I mean? They've, they've dug in at times, and they're showing a little bit more quality than than they did at times when obviously Neil Warnock was was in charge. But obviously they lost the last game, so I think uh, it puts a little bit more importance in the game tomorrow. Hi Andy, it's John. I've just got a question. Hey, just looking at the way that Millwall have uh, responded to having a new manager after Neil Harris has gone, I just wondered whether or not whether or not you would have rather have had someone like Gary Rower as a manager to to Neil Harris, someone who it looks like they're trying to play a little bit more of an expansive style of football, or whether or not you think it's it was it was just fine for for Cardiff to carry on with that the same sort of blueprint that they had under Warnock. I think you took the words out of my mouth there. I think the word the word, the word is expansive football and, and, and a change. And the way that Gary Rowett's doing it, with, with um, he's obviously getting a little bit more out of Jed Wallace and mm. um, and they're creating more chances and they're playing a different way. Where um, Neil's style of football is, he likes his target man and, and, and runners off him. Obviously, he played Steve Morrison for years and years and years, and and obviously Gary Gary Medine now at Cardiff is getting a look in and playing a lot more games and and Cardiff are going down a similar route. Um, they are obviously playing Lee Tomlin and. And, and playing a, a little bit more creative um, players in, 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 in the starting eleven, but they've still got that target man and it's still a little bit more direct. And I think personally, I thought the club might have gone down a, a different route and and, and played um, and went, went for a manager who liked to play football a little bit and, and got more bums on seats and, mm. and, and went down that route. But obviously, I think the, with the way that the squad... Um, was taking shape and the way that the season's gone so far, I think it was it was a it was a quick fix and um and well but the the results speak for itself at the same time. So, you know I mean so far it's a it's a good decision. What about the trajectory of the club then? Because obviously you, you, this is all against the background of the fact that they, they came down from the Premier League. Do you feel as though they've dropped the ball a little bit, the owners of the club and the board, um in, in not making sure that they were going to get promoted again this season? Um, I think sometimes I think at a football club, and especially with the security net of uh, parachute payments, I think they had an opportunity for me personally to um, <coughs> to bring in a manager and not really have to worry about getting promoted. They could have took a little bit more of a risk and, and time to to bring in that right man, and, and and it didn't really matter if they did or they didn't. Um, where now I feel costs have gone down. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll call it a cheaper option. Um, that I think the pressure is on them to get in the playoffs and, and to get back promoted. Um, whereas I think if they tried a different style of football and, and they went down a different route, that they could have taken a little bit more of a risk and, and went and pushed the ball out for somebody like um, Chris Hewton, like mm. maybe the, a Lee Boyer who was um, was named and, 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 and touted around. And I, I think, you know what I mean, obviously I played with Neil, um, I know him personally and, and, and he's doing a great job, but I think it would have been nice for, for the fans to see a different style of football because... Um, obviously, possession-wise, especially in the in the Premier League, and and it's, even the, the 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 season that went up in the Championship, um, teams came to the Cardiff City Stadium and, and played against Cardiff and absolutely dominated possession. And it was, um, mm. I think, fans were quite fortunate that results went in their favour because when results didn't go in their favour, they've got nothing to get excited about. And you know, I mean, there was lack of shots, there was lack of possession. So it's it's hard game to watch when you're not when you're not getting the results. Hi, Andy. It's not here. Um, Hi, mate. I was just wondering, so with Danny Ward only scoring five goals so far this season, uh, how much do you think Cardiff have missed Kenneth Zahor up front? Oh, well, it, the way they play, I think he, he, he was the mainstay and the main reason probably why they got promoted the first time around because he was the, the main focal point. He took pressure off um, other players in the team and did all, did all, did all the donkey work, really. Um, and obviously they brought in Glatzel this season and it just hasn't worked out for whatever reason. He's got a good reputation. He's scored a lot of goals in Germany, but... He hasn't really stayed fit. He hasn't had that run of form. He hasn't scored the goals which the fans are expecting him. And and obviously that's given Danny an opportunity to to to, to play football and play uh, more minutes than he was probably expecting. He's come off the bench a lot, scored goals off the bench, started a few games. But I think he's he's more of a sub to come on and, and impact than he is probably a starter. And uh, obviously Neil's coming now and uh, and he's playing Gary Medine and 
Um, fans are getting a little bit frustrated now. He's been in, he's been in charge five five games. Gary's not scoring goals. He's not getting many chances and opportunities. Creating chances for other people, but his centre forward there is based on based on goals and and uh, and I think you judge on your goals. And unfortunately, at the minute he's not getting those opportunities or not, or not finishing the chances that he's getting. And and the fans are starting to be a little bit critical about it. Andy, it's been great having you on. Thanks for coming on this evening. Just My before pleasure. you go, I've got to press you. Quick score prediction from you. Um, based on the way that Leeds are playing, I can't see um, Cardiff getting much joy. Uh, I was saying one of my one of my other teams, Middlesbrough, went down there two weeks ago and um, took a took a four 0 beating, and it could have been a hell of a lot worse. So, um, as long as it doesn't finish embarrassing um, and Cardiff are in the game at times as long as possible, I can. But I, I can't see anything but a Leeds win, and I think it'll be two 0 because I think that's the, the probably the the, the scoreline that Leeds uh, Leeds have favoured all season. Really great stuff. Thanks, Andy. Have a lovely weekend. Thanks, fellas. Andy Campbell there, ex-Cardiff man, enjoyed that. Spoke a lot of sense, didn't he? Yeah, that was really good. I enjoyed that. Hmm. So he reckons a Leeds win. What say you? I'm going to completely agree with him. Before the, we came in here, I've written down 2-0. Uh, what would that be, the third 2-0 in a row? It's a great great result, that. I love, love it. <laughs> Those till the end of the season, absolutely fantastic. I think I've said 2-0 for most of the last few games as well, so I'll stick with that too. Sounds good to me. I mean, it's looking good, gents, isn't it? We can't beat around the bush, right? We're in December. We're nearly at Christmas. I don't want to count any chickens before they're hatched because <laughs> you'll both have a go at me. But listen, 11 points clear, like you said, of that third spot at the moment. I know there are a couple of games in hand, but it is looking very good. We do look very good. Um, uh, like you're saying, I, I refuse to get carried away. I've, I've been burned by Leeds. Uh, my dad's been burned by Leeds. My granddad's been burned by Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to get uh, remotely excited. So... Um... But I, I'm really enjoying us playing well, and um, I've recently been going back and listening to the old episodes of the Square Ball, uh, where they started doing the podcast in about 2010, and we're just we're awful. Hang and, on. Uh, You've been listening to old episodes, really? Well, well I never I never caught it the first time round yeah. because I wasn't really I kind of only rediscovered really podcasts in the last couple of years, and um, yeah, I mean we were we were we were terrible, and you know every podcast is. Here we go again, Lance. You know, is, <laughs> we might go down this year. And then every podcast now is, we're quite good. Mm. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with how things are playing. We we play such attractive football, and but I still sit there and hide behind my hands after every goal. Yep, indeed. I just have to announce before we go, chaps, <laughs> that we have had a tweet in from Gloss White. Now, I on the the sheet that John gave me we didn't have the apostrophe after the S so I guess that was what caused some confusion but thank you for tweeting in listening live tonight so can confirm it's gloss as in Gloucestershire so you were correct Nat can I just say then um, come on you Warriors Worcester (laughs) switching sports for seconds it's all all Worcester Warriors mate (laughs) disgusting stuff (laughs) and I I do like as well by the way that Gloss White did put it's so nice to say it with authority now Gloss White (laughs) did put in brackets with a slight nod to a poor pun with respect to Gloss White like in paint like I said Mm -hmm. gents great having you on Nat I'm sure we'll see you again yeah fantastic I've really enjoyed this this has been the Leeds United fan show on Love Sport we'll see you next week at 8pm This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.